0: okay it is um, July 13th 2023 <clears throat> on our prayer list we uh, we're praising God that uh, Sebron was able to get part custody of those children uh, his his wife has obviously gone off the deep end and uh, that's a little bit much to say but it is the truth if you only knew the details from Marta and Charles uh, they're health and wellness and their business, for John and Ruby and Vassy and Linda, they keep up with uh, the prayer list and the podcast as well, the Bible study podcast, Marcos, salvation for his son, our children and our grandchildren, and we praise God for the four-year-old boy junior that's recovering, right, Gordon? Yes, sir. Yeah, the Lord is good. Uh, for Reverend Davis' wife, Ms. Carrie Davis, and for her family, uh, a friend of mine in Bland, Johnny Gowen's not doing well. Um, um, he got cancer. And Jerry Scott, another friend of mine, is taking chemo. <clears throat> Pray for peace for Mike concerning the loss of his sister. This is Bob's prayer. Unsaved family members, country's so-called leaders, and the folks in Europe for James's brother, Jarrett, his dental issues that God would help him in whatever way is right. America and for Eric, Rex, Ted, John and Jimmy M persecuted Christians. And Jerry's down in uh, South Carolina uh, working with his son John and doing a flooring job down there. So, uh, Ray for lost loved ones, protection for our from. This stuff that's going around out there. i tell you what we need protection from. is disinformation and just lies, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they just can't seem to get the truth out, you know. Was it, I guess it was Winston Churchill that said a lie would be halfway around the world before the truth gets its boots on. Um, our prayer team members, to come out about that virus and the vaccines and wisdom for our brothers and sisters in this age we're living in and boldness to stand up for the truth. And we can't reach cross right, we'll just gather, join hands this way and we pray God that you be with us tonight as we do praise you. This congregation is meeting in the name of Jesus Christ as followers of our Lord and Savior, Lord, who died for us, to make a way for us, to make it to where you are, God. Teach us tonight from your word. Help us understand the things that we ought to. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Open up to Mark chapter 9. To do open right up there, yeah, perfect it means you're getting ready to have a great spiritual experience when the Bible opens right where you want it to. Get your prayer cards photographed here, and a lot of folks do look for that so that they can join us. Earl, not to I guess he won't. I'm not gonna be here next Thursday. I'm hoping Earl takes a study. He's a great teacher, obviously. Where are you going? We're practicing music for this show we've got at uh, Millwald Saturday night. Where's it gonna be at, Millward? Millwald Theater down here in town. much How much? I think they're $25, I think. There's all kinds of music. I don't know what one type has to do with the next act that comes up, but that's what they did. What time does it start? About 5.30, 6 o'clock. There's uh, Central Pickers playing, they play some you know, bluegrass, old country folk music the time we get up there, most of the people have left, usually. <laughs> <laughs> they tell me that one bluegrass thing they had down there that sold out. Yeah. You couldn't find another seat in their door. I like bluegrass. I, I mean, our band isn't bluegrass, but I like it. Yeah. you got to really respect some of them. They're really good musicians. Uh, Mark chapter 9, pick it up in verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straight away all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Now, um, that simply means he can't speak. That simply means that he cannot speak. you need to make an odor. No, no, I need it to. Straight edge? Straight edge for a second. Oh, okay. Has <laughs> um, a dumb spirit, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away, and I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him, and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Jesus is admonishing them for not having the faith to cast this demon out of this child, and... This still goes on. They call it epilepsy today. They won't call it what it is, but he's gnashing his teeth. He's foaming at the mouth. Um, that's an evil spirit, pure and simple. Katie Anybody, it could happen to anybody. But when it's not properly addressed and they start drugging the, the, the person, um, they just go from bad to worse. Verse 20, And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, when he saw Jesus, straightway the spirit tear him, the boy that he was in, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming, foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. Now Jesus didn't have to ask the question for his own sake. He knew all things, being God, of course, but he wanted to ask that question as an instrument of teaching, not only to his disciples that were right there, but to teach us today here as we read this passage, that these things can take hold of a child, they can get a hold of a child. Verse 22, And oft times, this is the child's father speaking, And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straight away the father of the child cried out, and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he was come into the house his disciples asked him privately why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now you notice Jesus didn't pray right there but you get the idea that maybe a prayer that a disciple might want to pray is, God, give me the strength if this ever happens. If I am ever in a situation where I have someone who is possessed of a demon in my midst right there, give me the strength and the authority of my voice through the power of Christ, to see that demon cast out of that person. Also, he says fasting. Some of these later translations don't mention that, but it does belong there. How do you know it belongs there? Because it's in the King James Bible. That's how you know it belongs there. Fasting. When do you fast? And what does that mean? You don't have to go 40 days without food or even two or three days. Fasting is just not eating all day long. Maybe, you know, one meal a day is called intermittent fasting but your reason for fasting is when you start getting hunger pains you push that away from your uh, mind and and focus rather on seeking God and seeking the blessings and the instruction and the wisdom from God so that thing could come out with prayer and fasting so you, you have to have done this ahead of time Jesus prayed, right? We know He prayed. We know He fasted. So, Jesus said in verse 23, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him that believeth. We don't believe all the time what is the power i say we don't believe unbelief is belief unbelief is believing that something won't happen or that can't happen or that's not scientifically possible that's unbelief which is belief it's the wrong kind of belief there have been people who are not christians who got something in their head that they were going to do it, they were going to make it happen, they were going to see it through. They believed, they believed, they believed, and it happened. So the power to believe is, in many ways, the power to create. Your your thoughts can create and your thoughts can destroy. Visualizing what you want to see happen and praying and Yes, fasting and saying, This is what I want, Lord, because I think this is what you want for me. This is what I want. And that sets into motion a very, very powerful thing. Look at uh, chapter 11 since we're in Mark. Go to verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Remember, uh, he cursed the fig tree, it didn't have any fruit on it. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. Worked faster than Roundup, obviously. Verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's true. Jesus said that it's true. Why has this never happened? Because no one has ever really believed that it could. Elijah stopped the rain for over three years, right? The Bible says he was a man just like any other man, but somehow he stopped the rain through his connection to God and his belief. We'll get to this in a minute, but you can't just tap God on the shoulder and say, God, I want this, that, and the other. I don't really think it's going to happen, but maybe you can override my unbelief. We saw in Mark 9, Help me my unbelief. The man said, I believe, Lord, but help me my unbelief. I've got to. i I'm double-minded, right? I think that's James 1 and verse 8. He's unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But look at verse 24, Mark chapter 11 therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them so if you're asking God for something and you are praying and by the way when we pray his template the the prayer that Jesus taught us by was our Father in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then, He says, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against <clears throat> us. But you start out the prayer not with your laundry list. You start out the prayer, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be that. you got to know who you're talking to. And then, Thy kingdom come, And thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's far more important than any prayer that you could lift up to the entire world. It's more important that God's will be done here. But I guess you could say that a part of God's will is to have that relationship (coughs) with his children. Such that they ask and they believe and they don't doubt. (coughs) So when you pray, believe that you receive whatever you were asking for, you'll have it. Look at 25 now. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive... Neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. You can't ask God anything if you're holding something against someone else. If you have not forgiven it, to forgive that Greek word is a mine. It, it just means to get it off your desktop. Reject it. Put it away from you. It's also used for divorce. That's what that word means. Too many preachers I hear get the idea of forgive mixed up. They think you're supposed to not hold anything against this drunk driver that killed your family member and you're supposed to go shake his hand and buy him a beer. You don't have to do that. What you do have to do is quit letting that bother you. That's what forgive means. That doesn't mean you have to say this is a great guy that did this thing against my family. Just a great fella. He just, you know, you don't. But when Christ was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they didn't. And he asked God to forgive them. And I'll bet you a lot of those folks, when they came to their senses, Realized what they had done and may have become Christians. I think, honestly, I think Pontius Pilate will be in heaven. That's my own personal opinion. You know, don't hang any, you know, anchor points to that little blurb, but I, I think so. And I've said it before, it's because in the ultimate fulfillment of Passover, you know, in the Old Testament, the Lamb had to be declared without flaw, without blemish before it could be sacrificed. Well, when Jesus Christ fulfilled Passover by being the Passover lamb, someone had to say, I find no fault in this man. He hadn't done anything wrong. Pilate tried to get him to take Barabbas. But you know what? It was not God's will that, that um, they took Barabbas. It was God's will that they chose Jesus Christ. But the power to believe is something that every person created in God's image has. Whether you're a Christian or a Muslim, an atheist, a Hindu, doesn't matter. If you are created in God's image, you have an amazing power. believe. There's a lot more to that than you might know. But we don't sometimes look into it or we don't get it all. When I was in grade school, we traded baseball cards. And um, obviously wish I had them now. (laughs) But (laughs) But there was one that would be in the card set sometimes, not every set, but you'd get one that said baseball scratch-off, and it would just have some generic player on the front, didn't even tell you what his name was, what is this? And you turn it over, and there's another picture on the back, and something about the rules of the scratch-off, throw it away. I saw somebody one day, they pulled the halves open on that card and it folded out like this. And on one side was one player's blocks so that he could scratch off with like an the pin or something. And on the other side was the other player. So you scratch one off, it might say strikeout. I say, oh, okay, your turn. And he'd scratch one off double so he gets to second base. And you're back and forth until somebody has actually scored enough runs to win. But I didn't know that was there. I didn't know what it was all about. <clears throat> just just a curiosity. Up until then. The power to believe can be the power to destroy. People destroy their livelihoods, they destroy their marriages, they destroy their businesses. They destroy their health. You believe you're sick and dying guess what you're probably sick and dying if you believe you're well and no further problems guess what you're well you don't have any further problems and the belief comes first you know i've wrestled with this in times past i think well the reason i was able to believe in this situation is i kind of saw how things were going and i could kind of get behind it with my belief there might be a little bit of something to that but the, the truth is, belief does need to precede the action that you cause. Mark chapter 6, while we're in the book of Mark. Many say that Mark is actually Peter's gospel. It was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That Mark was transcribed by John Mark, I guess, for Peter. The beginning of chapter 6 in Mark, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. I've been seeing miracles. Then they say, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended in him. So they saw him do all this, and they want to pull his, him down to humanity's level. He was fully God and fully man. We know this. But he could do things that no man could do. At least at this point. Now he said when he sends the Holy Spirit, you're going to do more things. You're going to do greater things. If you believe, you see something dead, pet see someone dead well I can't raise that person up I'm just a human being I can't go against science against all logic well you know in the book of Acts the apostles did and I've heard people say well yeah but they were the apostles they had apostolic power you won't find anything in the word of God that tells you that they had special powers that that your standard Average believer in Jesus Christ doesn't also have or doesn't have access to. They were offended at Jesus. Verse 4, But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. It's funny, uh, we'll occasionally get a client checking on our shooting school from Wythe County or, you know, over in Bluefield to talk to one today. And some of them are pretty close. And I don't know, there's some, there, there's a principle of economics that if you, you've got to drive at least 50 miles, 50 miles or it's no good. If you can't drive at least 50 miles, it's no good. But, um, so anyway, prophet is not without honor but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house and we pray God that you be with us in this instance casting out demons and dealing with those who have been possessed of the devil that phone rang, he's dealing with someone, that's what I'm talking about verse 5, look at that And he could do there, and he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled, verse 6, because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. He could do no mighty works. Some translations, he didn't do any miracles, he couldn't do any miracles. Now, see, God is self limiting. When it comes (coughs) to human volition and the human will, God does not override that. You know, uh, people say, Well, Lord, I've been praying for months and months that I could just lose some weight. And I just can't figure out why you hadn't answered my prayer that I could just lose some weight. It's on you. He's not going to override that. He's not going to make the box of Twinkies not have any calories. It's on you. You have the power. We don't go about asking God to help us with things that we are entirely sovereign over in our own bodies, in our own will. So he said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do any mighty works in front of you people. You know why? Because of your unbelief. Their unbelief is holding back what God would like to do for them. But He's not going to do it as long as they don't believe. I had another verse written down and I don't even know who it is. Verse 5 of... I mean chapter 5 of uh, Mark... And it's verse 36, saying, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. This ruler of the synagogue had a daughter that had passed, it looks like. Let's read that. Verse 30 of Mark 5. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Somebody touched his his garment. Remember this? In the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me.'" he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. You believed. You believed, and your faith made you whole. She believed on him, Yes. But but God has been teaching us, He's been teaching anyone who will listen all along that you've got a certain power. He gave it to you. He's saying, use that power. Use that power even unto your salvation. Believe in Me. Believe that I died and rose again. Believe that My Word is true and that I love you and I want to take you to the place that I prepared for you. You believe that, and so He will do that. You don't believe it, He won't do it for you. He won't do it. Verse 35, While He yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue house a certain which said, Thy daughter is dead, why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And then this is key, and it says, verse 37, Mark 5, And he suffered no man to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Peter, James, and John. He cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make you this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, her, Talithi Kume, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose, and walked, for she was the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment, and he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Okay. He wouldn't bring anyone with him here but Peter, James, and John. And they laughed at him when he got there. And it it says that uh, he put them out also out. Um, Verse 40, And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, to so be Peter, James, and John, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. He didn't want any of those disciples whose faith wasn't strong, who didn't firmly believe. He didn't want them in there. He didn't want any of these crowd that were scorning him and laughing at him in there because they didn't believe. You know what would happen? They could use the collective power of unbelief to thwart in many ways what God would do that seems to be what happens in Mark 6 verse 5 he could, there do no mighty work save that he laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them this is because of their unbelief he marveled because of their unbelief it's an interesting concept but that's how God designed us. With the power to believe one thing or another. What do you believe? Miami Mark, we call him. He was a drug lord. Marcos St. Ibanez. We stay in touch. He was on the 700 Club with his testimony. But he, lived, he was from Cuba. Became a drug lord in Miami. $40,000, 60000 a week, just kept making the money, living the high life, then he got caught. They were putting heroin inside VHS tapes, and were taking the, the tape out of the video cassette tapes and stuffing it with heroin, and putting half a dozen of them in a FedEx mailer, dropping them in the FedEx box, and it was working but then they got caught. And he was taken in and put in jail. And he's wondering how much time he was gonna end up doing. He poured his heart out to God in that little jail cell. And he said, God, if you will save my freedom I will serve you every day of my life for the rest of my days. Now, did God believe that? Yep, because he knew that Marcos was telling the truth. He knew that Marcos meant that. He even used the whole thing to get this man to come to him, obviously. So then the hearing day comes and he goes before the judge. They go to present the evidence and it's gone. You know, there's probably about as many corrupt police officers as there are regular criminal citizens. However it disappeared, it disappeared. They had no evidence. They could do nothing but dismiss the case. Marco said he had $45,000, didn't know what to do with it, knew it had come from drugs. And then he saw a doormat that said, that verse out of uh, Joshua. Choose this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, of course, Miami—about half of them or more speak Spanish now. It's not almost not like an American city anymore. But, um, so he said, "I'm going to buy all the." doormats I can with this $45,000, half of them in Spanish, half of them in English, and I'm just going to drive around and I'm going to show them to people and say, if you'll put this at your front door and leave it there, I want to give it to you. I don't want anything for it, I just want you to promise you'll just have that at your door if this is how you feel, if this is what you believe. And with that, it took him a while, but he gave them all out. He then began to drive a truck, and that's where Bob and I met him at Truck Stop Ministries. And um, cool guy, but he was sincere that he would serve the Lord. Maybe the power of his belief helped spur some corrupt cop in the direction of stealing that evidence turned over and settled. I don't know what that have brought. But in any event, I guess this all went down in the 90s. Yeah. Um, he served the Lord. He's, he's very, very passionate. So, let's think about this gift that God gives every human being this power to believe and realize that with that you can create and you can destroy and you can make yourself sick and you can make yourself well and you can ruin your marriage or you can make your marriage good you can ruin your business or you can flourish your business with what you believe because when God sees one who is His believe Him I believe you Lord help my unbelief don't let me not believe when He sees that well it's bound on in heaven be bound on earth it's truthfully a lot more Powerful than we realize. It's a very solemn thing to have this ability to believe and to create and destroy with belief. And with belief, with that gift He'd already given us, we believe on Jesus Christ for our salvation. Let's just uh, go to Romans 10 and we'll kind of wind it up. I think. Crater and all, we probably won't go real long tonight. They call this uh, the Roman Road, you you know. uh, It's been said, verse eight of Romans ten. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. whatever issues we may be facing in our own lives, whatever's going on, aim that amazing power to believe for your good, not for your bad. Aim it right at the problem and solve that problem with the gift God gave you you already have. You can ask Him, say, God, I want to do this or you help me do this? i would well, do it for me. You already know how to do it. You have everything you need to do it. He will not override your free will, your human volition. We expect sometimes miraculous things, or we hope for them, and come to find out we're standing right in the way. We're standing right smack dab in the way of it because when well, this isn't going to work, I know what's going to happen. This is, just, this is going to fall apart. This business plan going all to pieces. If that's what you believe, that's what will happen. Henry Ford had a quote. I don't know if he was a godly man. Some would indicate he wasn't. But he had a vision and he saw it through and he caused it to come to pass. And one of his quotes was, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. If you believe you can't, you're right. Can you jump off of this house and fly? None of us believe that we could. But if someone did believe it, you would. But the truth is you don't believe that. But there are things that we can believe. Now we get sick sometimes, an injury sometimes, and we say, "You know, I was really bad about it. I had to break myself of this." Going on Doctor Google, symptom surfing, you know, and and what started out as a hangnail now is a terminal illness. That's believing for the bad. That's believing for the wrong. You will impede your ability to believe in many cases by piling extra information on I mean, what if in this case of this 12-year-old girl Jesus raised up, what if uh, before he said, stand up, what if he had told the parents and Peter, James, and Johnson well you know the heart has been stopped here for weeks now she's been laying here dead for who knows how long and um, the um, ability to believe would have been impacted wouldn't it well yeah she can't get back up no this ain't going to work it ain't going to work it created a problem or would have this is why he put the unbelievers away from him now if you get on a prayer team you better make sure everybody is on board and they believe that they are not impacted by unbelief or doubt now does the Lord looked down on you if you struggled with doubt. No, we have Thomas, the disciple, who had to touch Jesus' wounds in order to um, convince him that he was indeed Christ, risen from the dead. And Jesus said, You've seen me now and you believe, that's good. But blessed, better is the ones who believed without this evidence. Disbelief don't doubt one last spot and we'll close up uh, James R.C. Sproul called James the book of wisdom in the Bible Sproul's a Calvinist a really curious ways of looking at things but I do appreciate what he said about that Verse two, my brethren, counted, chapter one, verse two, my brethren, counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or troubles. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let the patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men, liberally, everybody, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord double-minded man is unstable in all his ways if you ask God for wisdom or whatever it be and you're wavering you're double-minded half your mind says yeah uh, God can do this Lord uh, I believe and then the other, other half goes help my unbelief which simply is acknowledging that there's unbelief there Work on your ability to believe, practice it. See to it that you don't doubt in places where you traditionally do, or you expect the worst. You can create, but I've got a friend. He, he, he creates a hailstorm for himself every time he turns around. Not believing for good it's one of these oh, woe is me, I'm going to despair, agony yeah. on me. was well, I said once? to well. agony said I know God can do it; just get Him to do it. That's the problem, yeah, Rayson. Yeah, I don't have any doubt that God can do it; it's just getting Him to do it. Well, that's funny. That's cute. That's true. Part of getting Him to do it is believing He will. Mm-hmm. You got to believe He will because if you believe He won't, then He won't. That's where we're at with that. be coming at uh, about 48 minutes in let's go ahead and close if you guys don't have anything to add we've got time if anybody wants to throw anything out there no okay let's close but we'll close us out tonight your father we come to you and we thank you for your uh, love thank you for your mercy and grace and thank you for uh, the your word we read tonight, Father. If we truly believe you know, we we Allow you to do the work that we need. And Father, we pray that you just be with each and every one of us, uh, work in our hearts, Spirit move in us, and I pray that you would just uh, um, bless us as we and keep us safe. We ask this in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Amen.